You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode 16. I don't want women or young girls to feel the way that I felt. Like I truly felt like I was in a self-imposed prison. Like I mentally could not escape from myself. And when you are in that place of hating yourself and self-sabotage, you cannot think of anyone else but yourself. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Schur. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Schur. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, I just wanted to remind you that this show is dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. In this episode, I'm thrilled to tell you that we have someone who's walked the path of shaming her body and worked for years against her own health until finally recognizing that she already had what she had been searching for for so long. Today's guest is Lori Harder. Lori is host of the Earn Your Happy podcast and is a leading expert in the field of fitness, transformational work, mindfulness, and self-love. As a successful entrepreneur, network marketing professional, author, cover model, and three-time fitness world champion, she offers a carefully curated set of practical tools to help promote sustainable health, spiritual well-being, and financial freedom. Lori has helped countless people connect with their soul, transform their bodies, empower their minds, and fall in love with themselves and their lives. Today, I'll be asking Lori how and why she became obsessed with her own body, how her infatuation with fitness magazines put her on the path to this life, how she overcame rejection, and ultimately what drives her to be her best self. If you feel like you're alone in this world of shaming your body, of wishing for something different, This episode is to tell you that you are not alone and that there is hope in changing our minds and making different choices. You're going to want to tune in for some insightful tips of amplifying the life you already have and ultimately loving yourself. So here we go. Welcome to the show, Lori. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm honored. Yeah. So I just wanted to begin with your story because I feel like it's so unique and something that's so relatable. You're a Midwest girl, just like I was. And on Lori's website, she states that she was a kid in an overweight family getting teased about her weight and religion. Lori, can you give us your history on what your life was like in your youth? Mm, man. Okay. So <laughs> that's that part. You're like, how do I summarize this in a right. nutshell? But really, um, <laughs> right. Any like, how details. much time do we have? Right. <laughs> we have a lot of time. <laughs> okay. So, um, I grew up way up North in upper Michigan. Like a lot of people don't even know there is an upper part to Michigan. <laughs> so borderline Canada in a really small town in a really religious family. Um, I'm, I'm super grateful for it now. Um, but it was very restrictive growing up. So at the time I wasn't grateful for it, but now I'm really grateful for it. Um, and 
I, uh, you know, the town that I was in was pretty small. It was pretty much everyone knew everyone. And, um, when you are not able to necessarily do anything with anyone from school, uh, it makes it a little bit more challenging. So, uh, the religion that I was raised in, I was only able to associate with people in my, um, congregation. So there was only like a few other girls and it, it just, I didn't necessarily have a great bond with them. So it really made me lead more of an isolated childhood, even though I did have some friends, it wasn't like those close connections. Um, Mm -hmm. So growing up, it was, you know, instead of being able to uh, go to dance class or go, um, you know, do sports after school, it was, Um, a lot of either doing something on your own, or we did a lot of different, maybe preaching, going door to door, things like that. So even though it was great, it's just when you are younger, (laughs) that truly is something that a lot of people can pick on you about. So being, uh, you know, not looking like all the other girls, not being a toothpick, not um, being able to blend in (laughs) and kind of stand out because I'm knocking on their door on the weekends at their slumber parties. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) It just kind of makes you somebody who who stands out like a sore thumb. So, um, you know, I would never, ever, ever trade it for the world. But at the time it was really challenging because it is, it it is your life. You know, it is your, uh, growing up. It's all about who your friends are, how you can fit in, how you can just fly underneath the radar. So, um, being picked on for different things it just really, those things can stick with you. So that's, that's why I do what I do now is because I think that no matter what type of work that we do, you know, I do a lot of things around fitness and self-love right. and it's no matter, no matter how much I do this, it's like, we're constantly needing to be reminded and using those tools over and over again in order to combat whatever those stories are that we were raised with. Right. I mean, in your childhood, like you said, you had, you were dealing with a lot of emotions and that's really challenging as a middle schooler and high schooler. And so you said you eventually became obsessed with your body image leading to dieting and binge eating. It was a path Mm -hmm. of essentially self-sabotage. What was this time like? Obviously hard and disappointing, but when was that transition to finding yourself and figuring out really what you wanted to do? You know, I was eight years old. I remember like my first real memories were uh, of not, or of knowing that I was not like the other kids Mm. was when I was eight years old, I got invited to a pool party, um, with a bunch of girls from my church. And I remember literally, this is crazy. I remember them going up the ladder to the platform of this, like, you know, high school swimming pool in front of me. And I was like, they are so skinny. And I was like, why don't I look that way? Like, I literally remember being ashamed all of a sudden in like two seconds, looking at these other girls in their swimsuits, feeling super ashamed. Like I wanted to just jump in the pool and not come out. And eight years old, we're doing that to ourselves saying, that's frightening this way. I feel so ashamed. I know I really, it's just, you know, you think of what the girls today are doing too. It's just crazy. So it, it did not stop from there. It just Mm -hmm. got worse and worse. And, um, I remember I had a mirror on the back of my door in my bedroom and I remember coming home and like grabbing my legs and like saying horrible things to myself in the mirror. And basically it was like, somehow I thought this was going to help me like get control of my life or start dieting. And instead it really started self-sabotage. And I was eight years old going on my first diet 
thinking about how can I, you know, how can I stop eating? Well, how can I start working out? What can I do? And my older sister had already been having issues with her weight. So she was doing a bunch of workout VHS tapes. So I decided that I would start doing those things with her. So it really started this cycle of watching, you know, or of dieting, of exercising, of trying to figure it all out. But, you know, back at that time, it was, it was all about just like fat free and exercising. So what did I do? I basically just binge ate on anything fat free because I was getting zero nutrients into my body. So that makes you binge even more. So I really struggled with binge eating all through my teenage years, all through my early twenties. And it's still a demon that I, if I really don't get my hands around self-love, taking care of myself, self-care, um, knowing that I'm so much more than a body, that it's, it's something that can creep back in. But it wasn't until, um, my mid twenties that I really I really knew that fitness had saved me from so many different things because I did start exercising. I did start uh, really learning how to educate myself on nutrition and it had saved me from so many different things emotionally. And, you know, it's always, if you're having a bad day, if you're starting to self-sabotage, if you're starting to talk negatively about yourself, if you're starting to project, you know, maybe your jealousy or comparison or whatever that is, there was, there's nothing like going for a walk or going to do a workout (laughs) to really reset your mind and really change your physiology and, you know, maybe do some mantras and I am statements along with that. And that's really why I got into what I'm doing is because I don't want women or young Mm -hmm. girls to to feel the way that I felt. Like mm-hmm. I truly felt like I was in a self-imposed prison. Like I mentally could not escape from myself. And when you are in that place of hating yourself and self-sabotage, you cannot think of anyone else but yourself. And when you're in that space, it's a very negative, low energy, victim horrible mentality to be in because there's no space for creative thoughts. There's no space for helping other people. There's no space for um, getting outside of yourself and fulfilling your purpose, listening to your soul. It's a really blocking place to be. And it's, you know, it's, there's nowhere to go, but down if you're not really starting to become awake, mindful, and aware of what we're actually doing, thinking our environment, what we're doing to ourselves. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like a fast spiral downhill. And it's Mm. a spiral that so many people can see themselves falling into and it's chasing something. So you were chasing essentially body image. You eventually Mm. became practicing, you know, for fitness competitions and you're a three-time world fitness champion, which is amazing. Was there a point in that where it became a healthy lifestyle, like you're living now? Or was was that time when you were doing the fitness competitions, was that still like that negative spiral downhill? So it it kind of started in a negative spiral and then it wound up to be great because I'll Mm -hmm. tell you that I started doing fitness competitions actually because of my anxiety. And I thought, okay, because I had massive panic attacks and anxiety Uh that started when I was about 13 years old. I, I actually watched my mom have a panic attack. And then literally that day I was like, what is this? Oh yeah. (laughs) Kind of just like, I must have them too. Mm -hmm. And from there on, I just, it it was like these self-inflicted panic attacks because it's, it, you know, I would focus on feeling anxious and all of a sudden you focus on feeling anxious and that just grows and takes over your mind. So truly, um, that's something I had to work on too. But I, I was like, what is the scariest thing that I can do 
and something that I know that I want to set a goal around as well. So of course, yes, I did want to see what my body was capable of. I wanted to see if I could get in the best shape of my life and have a goal around that because I really was kind of like this back and forth. I never found the balance. It was like, I was either like trying to get ready for something or I was not. And I was Mm -hmm. going on the opposite end. So yeah, it started kind of like really crazy, this back and forth. And it, it almost started something even worse, you know, like this, okay, if I'm not getting ready for something, I'm to the extreme opposite. I'm either extreme on getting ready and getting fit, or I'm extreme on the end of what can I have now that I'm not getting ready. So that's how the beginning was. It was like, oh my God, this didn't even help. It was like causing even more extremes, but what it really did do, cause I, I did it for about four years. So I had a lot of different time to figure some things out. And it wasn't until, um, the very last year that I started winning and guess what happened? I actually started understanding what it meant to give back, be happy, mm. start doing the things that I love right now, not waiting, starting to teach other people truly how to love themselves, love the lifestyle. Um, I started to really teach in that last year and share and not wait for people to tell me I was good enough or win a competition right. because I think that's what I was waiting for. I was waiting to win a competition so that I would feel good enough and finally validated and people would listen to me because I, you know, that's what it was hinging on. Okay, if I get this strong, beautiful body, finally people will listen to my message. And um, it wasn't until I realized, what if this never happens for me? Right. Like, what if I never win? What what if I never get on a cover? What if I never get to do these things that I think that my whole world is hinging mm-hmm. on? And, you know, it's funny because I remember the moment because I wanted to, ever since I was young, I wanted to be a um, a cover model because mm-hmm. when I was young, I used to beg my mom for fitness magazines because that's all I had to educate myself. Right. And, um, I'd be like, give me, give me any fitness magazine. So I, I like kept stacks of them. I'd read about these um, girls yeah. and like read about what they did and like put them on my, on my um, closet door it was like just completely, you, you remember like eighties and nineties right. closet <laughs> door was just like full of like pictures and magazine things. So somehow that just became like this lifetime goal. So I had a vision board and I remember the moment that I had these pictures of these cover models up who had totally inspired me, like in those moments where I just felt like, what is, what am I here for? And, um, I'm like, oh yeah, it's to inspire people and to be on a cover and to remind them that it doesn't matter where you're from or, you know, what your background is that you can do this too. But I remember looking at that vision board and being like, oh my God, I don't think this is going to happen because it had been three years of me submitting and talking to these people and these different editors and them telling me, no, you're not our look. You're not our girl. You're not what we're going for. You don't, you know, you don't have the story to go with it. Like just so many, it it was like 40 different times I got turned down and I I looked at it and, and like had one of those moments that if anybody saw you, you would like, like, just curl up and die. Like I threw myself dramatically on my bed and like cried and like beat my hands. And I was like, "Ah!" yeah, it was just this feeling of this might not happen for me. Like, Uh like that's a crazy place to be. And after my little adult tantrum was over, (laughs) I was like, okay, 
So what can you do right now to love your life? What can you do to feel good? What can you do that you've been waiting on for this cover that if you could just do it right now, you would feel amazing. And I was like, what do I think this cover is going to get me? And I really remember sitting and assessing, what is this cover going to get me? Well, it's going to get me community, which is what I'm really lacking right right now. It's going to get me this tribe of women. Um, It's going to get me people who are going to listen to me and that I can teach. And I decided do I really need a cover to do that? And I just started. I just started mm-hmm. putting stuff out like, okay, I'm going to run this boot camp. Okay, I'm going to do these seminars. Okay, I'm going to start these different things that really bring community together of fitness women. And you know what? They came without the cover. So, and, and it wasn't easy because sometimes, you know, on Sundays when I would put all these different seminars or events together, nobody showed up. But I kept showing up every single Sunday, all these different Wednesdays that I was doing these different events. And all of a sudden it would be, you know, two people, six people, eight people, 50 people. And that is when it was like, I just realized I was thriving in this community of women doing what I loved without it. And then guess what happens? You get asked to do covers right? (laughs) because you have the community, you have have that stuff. You have people watching you and you created it without that. So uh, that's one of the biggest things about my story that I want people to get. You don't have to have any sort of, um, like title credibility yet to start doing what you love. If you want to be an artist, you better create art. If you want to be a writer, you better start writing. You know, you have to start now. If you want to get out there and speak on a stage, this is what, this is a huge thing for me right now. Like I was like, I I want to be booked for more speaking events. Why am I not getting booked? Why am I not getting booked? And I had this yearning in my heart to be speaking outside of just my events and some of my um, network marketing events that I do. And just this massive yearning. And I'm like talking to my team, like, can you just make sure like we, we talk to all these people and let them know I want to speak. And I was like, you know what? There's this thing called Facebook live and I can literally talk to people every single day. So I started Facebook living every single day and now people are asking me to speak. Yeah. Isn't that funny? (laughs) So it's just really crazy. It's like, you got to just go and do that thing. Mm -hmm. And now my soul is just you know, like feeling like it's in its playground because I'm enjoying the connecting and the speaking now instead of waiting to be, you know, I always say that like we're waiting to be anointed by someone that we're good enough. And it's like, just start because it's just about if you love what you're doing and then you're in this energy of just being happy and -hmm. attracting and you're open to opportunities because you're just in it. It's like when you're in it, that's when it all comes. So how can you be in it right now, even if it's not the big picture yet? Right. I love that. And first of all, we all have had our adult temper tantrum, unfortunately, (laughs) but it's so true. I feel like so often, and even in my own life, like I just love what you said, because so often we feel like we have to have something in order to be someone when really you're just saying, be that person, you know, like be what you want. And eventually you'll get what you set out to get. Mm -hmm. It's so awesome to see that. And I mean, really, you're just a woman of perseverance and triumph and overcoming a lot of obstacles. I mean, to send out 40 applications to be a cover model, you know, to get rejected that many times and to continue that, that takes a lot of, you know, it's just one of those times when you can say, just never give up, you know, because you never know when Mm -hmm. it's going to happen or what it's going to take and really finding yourself. So did it take coming to that place of rejection for you to really then come out and find yourself and in the end, really accept who you were for all that you had and all that you really were like your body, your image and your passion, essentially? 
Mm. Well, I really think that that is it. It, it's a lifetime of accepting because mm-hmm. we will always be in a different place. Um, but the rejection is a gift. Like it's an absolute gift to um, be in that place where you, you know, you feel like if you've been rejected, it's kind of like, well, I have nothing, right? Like that's right. where we go to. If I don't have this, I have nothing. Well, if you can love yourself, if you can accept yourself, if you can dig deep and figure out what your gifts are and listen to your soul and listen to your feelings and start exploring those curiosities, in the end, that is all that actually matters. Because mm. I, I will tell you from someone who didn't accomplish things for a really long time, like my self like sabotage mantra was I never finish anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I literally would say to myself until my early twenties. Cause I had never really finished anything I started. And then once I started finishing things and actually accomplishing, guess what? It gets really addictive because right. you, um, you're like, Oh my God, I just got attention from this. I just got the love, the love that I'd been yearning, like my entire teenage years and my younger years that I never felt like I got from different people or, you know, like I said, attention, it's like all of a sudden you start getting that. Well, then you can become a junkie on accomplishing things. And, you know, that's something I still struggle with is I'm like, why am I really doing this? Am I doing this because I don't fully accept myself yet? Or am I doing this for, you know, acceptance of other people or attention or love or for the the higher good of everyone? Or, you know, is it a little bit of both? Like what, what is it? Like, I always try to question what that is because I'm always trying to accept myself a little bit more because sometimes we can go into things and that can become our identity. And it's like, you know, for me, for uh, fitness, like when I stopped competing, I really found myself in a scary place Mm. because I had built myself up, you know, I had done all these things, accomplished all this stuff over so many years. Um, and everybody thinks it was done in like a year. I'm like, that was done in like right. six or eight years, <laughs> like literally they're like, Oh, overnight sensation. Right. I'm like, Oh, so you didn't, you missed the last like six years. Um, but really it's like when I started moving into really uh, branding myself more as like self-love and doing more like live events and coaching and things like that, um, there was a transition period because it was like, okay, you're fitness and you're, you're right. moving into this space, even though I, I really included that all of the time, but you know, I had never really branded myself as that or, or said, okay, I'm going to do these live events now and I'm going to do these online courses now. I'm going to write this mindfulness book now, the self-help book. And, um, it's like I, I totally did not even know what I was doing after I kind of proclaimed like I'm not going to compete anymore because people just they're like, OK, well, who are you then? Like, right. what are you going to do? What's what is this new stuff that's coming? And I felt so lost and so lonely and didn't realize how much I was hinging my uh, worthiness on who I was showing up as on, um, how fit I looked on how lean I could get for a show on how many covers I had on what I was doing. And that was a huge wake up call for me. Like, wow, Mm -hmm. you can't be happy unless you are massively achieving. And I will be the first to admit that that is not what I wanted to admit at all. Right. (laughs) Because I was all self-love and fitness is great and make sure you're fit because it brings you happiness. But here I am feeling like I'm losing my identity, um, when I'm kind of transitioning, you know? So, uh, I think it's just a really interesting place to be. That's why I love, 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 love um, just analyzing and talking to people about where do you 
hold your, like, where do you think that you are, you know, worthwhile in your life? How do you, do you accept yourself fully? Do you accept all parts of you? What parts of you are you rejecting? What parts of you are you, are, are still hinging upon, you know, if you accomplish something or how you're showing up in the world. So for me, it is a, it it will be forever until the day I die. And then whatever happens after that, right? (laughs) just a work in progress. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the beauty of it though. Like that's Mm -hmm. the fun part too, that I've come to understand about this journey is, is that that growth part, the questioning part, the watching the evolution of yourself and your life, that is actually the fun part, even though sometimes it's painful, but that's good too. It it brings, (laughs) it brings a contrast into your life. Um, So yeah, I will be ever, ever evolving in that area. Right. And I mean, I think that's what's sustaining about, you know, living a healthy life and achieving ultimate health is that it's a journey and it's not an overnight success. And usually the overnight successes can't sustain it. And I think that's what's so cool about people like you who are teaching women and men and just people across the board to really love on themselves and to constantly be learning. Because if we stop learning, we kind of stop living at that. And so how do you Mm. really encourage other people to not give up and to keep going? Because it takes a special person to get rejected 40 times and to continue. You know, like how can we as women, as myself, um, how can we not give up? You know, how can we keep persevering? You know, there's, there's so many different, uh, little things that I use every single day. Um, but I think one of them is I have a really good ability to look ahead to the future and see what, my life will be like if I don't make a change. Mm. Um, so that's, that's one thing. So I always tell people to try to visualize, cause I, I think we live so much either in the past or we're anxious over the future, but we're not actually thinking of it as really what is or what is going right. to be happening. So, so I like people to just sit and really visualize if I don't make a change right now, what is my life going to be like in five years? Do, am I okay with my happiness level right now and how I'm showing up in the world? And am I going to leave a legacy, whether that's a legacy of love or a legacy of something you're doing with your business or your empire or whatever that is, your children? Um, and to really, really think about it. And what is one little thing that you could change that you could look down the road in five years and, and make a massive shift in your happiness and your health and your family and what you, you know, the people around you are seeing. And I think that we forget so much that happiness is so dependent upon, um, if we're sharing love or not, if we're mm-hmm. sharing our love, if we are um, contributing in a way that is uh, enjoyable to us. I think some people are like, oh, this she's telling me I should volunteer more. I know. Okay, well, if you hate volunteering at a food kitchen for the love, please don't do that. <laughs> like find what you love in a way that you love to contribute. So maybe your way to contribute is... Um, playing music, like literally, like we were in New York and this guy was playing saxophone and I was running around Central Park and I literally said a little prayer. Thank you, God, that this person is so willing to share his gifts that he is shifting my day right now. Like just Mm. listening to this person and contributing this beautiful music that's radiating throughout this park to create this incredible ambiance in this beautiful space right now that is so surreal. And if that is your way to contribute, contribute in that way. If your way is to stay in the kitchen all day and bake brownies and go and give those to people that you love and your neighbor's doorsteps, contribute in that way. Like just contribute more in a way that you love 
to do. And that's what we forget is to follow that feeling of the reason that we're given feelings of enjoyment is to follow them because a lot of times that opens doors for us. It, it helps us get into, um, a creative, expansive mode of seeing opportunities where when we're miserable or we're denying our soul of playtime, it's like, that's a really closed off space. We're sitting here like restless and resentful. And that's not the space of, you know, when you're doing something you love, you're open, you're smiling at people, you're, you know, you're having conversations, you're sharing great things about yourself or your life or things that you love, you're connecting. And people are like, oh, I love that too. Here's this opportunity or here's what I'm doing, or maybe we could collaborate or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're in a totally different space. So finding that thing of just asking yourself the question, what do I love? How could I contribute today? What inspires me? Where is a space that I can go to, to not only feed my soul, but maybe help other people. That's something that inspires me to get out of bed every single day. And when you're in a good space around that, I truly feel that your energy is elevated. So you can get that workout in. you're not like dreading right. it. Like, uh, I hate my life anyway. Now I got to go work out. And uh, why, this is something I have to do every day instead of coming from a place of, wow, I get to do this. And wow, I really, you know, I'm looking forward to this part of my day to enjoy it. Like life should be um, enjoyable every single day, even if it's just for 15 minutes, you should do something every day that you love. Mm-hmm. Self-love, self-care. It's essential mm-hmm. for, for healthy, but it's something that's got to be learned. I mean, I feel like in my own life, I'm just learning about self-care and self-love after kind of getting in myself into a low and a, in a pit. But through that, I feel like I've understood that I wasn't always living with my passion and I wasn't always doing what really brought me joy, but instead I was doing what I thought the world wanted me to do, you know, the people who are surrounding me. And that really just pushed me down deeper and deeper into this dark place that wasn't healthy and I shouldn't have, you know, like looking back, um, you know, saying no was, was something that was really hard for me and something that got me into a lot of trouble was committing to everything. But on top of that, I really didn't feel like I understood my passion and you're obviously a woman with a lot of passion. How did learning this passion kind of shape your path? Mm, that is such a good question. Um, well, when you follow your passion, you have abundant energy. Um, right. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I think when you're not following your passion, it's a sign when you are tired all of the time. Uh-huh. You're tired. You're not looking forward to anything. Um, so following your passion truly, no matter where it brings you, sometimes it's going to bring you to the weirdest places and you're like, okay, this is not <laughs> what I expected. But a lot of times you were, you were brought down that path, that detour as, um, to be maybe in the space or meet someone or see something in a different light, gain a different perspective to follow your next curiosity or your next passion. It's like, you know, now it's funny. Cause I wanted to be, I remember in my early twenties, I was like, I'm going to be the next Jillian Michaels, maybe with less swearing. Um, (laughs) The clean Jillian Um, Michaels. (laughs) I was like, that's what I want to be. And now I cannot fathom not doing what I do now. Like, Uh so fitness was such a path to realize for me that, um, 
you know, the more that I did fitness, the more I trained people. I ended up, I had a, a studio back in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and um, uh, I was training people there and I realized, wow, I cannot get the results I want to get with these women just working them out in nutrition because if they don't believe in themselves and they don't think they're worthy, they are not doing any of this. And they're going right. to go home and they're going to sabotage with something, whether it's mm-hmm. food or alcohol or no sleep or whatever that, whatever that looks like or not eating. Um So that's when I was like, wow, I really want to do this mindset thing. But see, fitness directed me into that area as well. So I think following those curiosities, following whatever is that hot button for you right now that maybe just gets you excited, that kind of lights you up. And if you don't know what that is, then you might need to sit in some either quiet space to actually listen and get some chaos out of your head, get the, get the social media and the phone away and the to-do list and the kids and whatever else is, you know, distracting Mm you or follow those. If you, if you were curious, what would you be curious about doing? So I think journaling or writing can really help this. So even just grab a piece of paper right now and say, you know, if, if my soul was to follow something or if I was to feel passionate about something, what am I curious about? Mm-hmm. Is it a new class? Is it painting? Is it connecting with someone? Is it um, circus class? Hey, I totally did cir- circus class because that came up on a curiosity. Um, <laughs> so it's like following that and being like, and you know what? I did it for a while and I was like, I'm kind of over circus class. So mm-hmm. um <laughs> But it was great. It makes for a great story. So it's just like following what that would be, giving yourself the space to go and play and have those dates with yourself instead of, you know, skipping it, filling it with other crap because you will fill it with other crap no matter what. It will always get full. So fill it with some things that you love and it will shape your world because you will elevate yourself. You will find these opportunities and meet the right people that you're meant to meet when you're in an expansive state of actually following Um, that message, because I think people forget that that message from our soul, that message of what you love to do, that message of, you know, what is my passion? That is a gift to you. Mm -hmm. Um, in my personal opinion from God or universe source, Buddha, whatever that is. And it's, it's not your message. So it needs to literally come out because that's the gift that you are put on the planet to follow, to see what it's about, to share whatever that is. Everybody has their own unique gift and it's not selfish. That's literally what you are meant to follow. Mm-hmm. Follow that pleasure, follow that passion and share it with others. Right. I love that. Something I've been living by and kind of stood out to me is like, you have been given the vision no one else has. And so when I was traveling through that pit, it was like, yeah, no one else sees what I see because they weren't given the same thing. And so not Mm -hmm. falling into that, but I feel like there's a vulnerability that comes with finding your passion. And in some cases, shame can override that vulnerability of letting yourself really Mm -hmm. open up and find that. And I mean, I think as women in general, at some point in our life, we've all felt shame, right? And so how, Mm -hmm. how have you been able to let yourself open up and be vulnerable with yourself and you know, like you, you state hard things, you know, like it's hard to come out and say that I was teased and it was rough, you know, in my youth, like that's hard to bring that up, but what has that done for your vulnerability? Mm. Oh man, it's, it's truly everything to, to share those stories. Um, it's, it, it will help you um, not only free yourself, but it, it's going to obviously help other people as well. Um, and it helps you love and accept every part of yourself. So if there's a part of you 
that you are hiding because you are so ashamed of it. That space tends to block you. It tends to grow. It tends to keep you small. It's a fearful place that, um, I don't know. It's a really, really dark spot that if we just knew that everyone else was going through it, if we could just find some safe spaces in our life to share that, we'd understand that everyone has gone through it. Everyone has their thing. Everyone has those moments that Mm -hmm. maybe you don't feel like you can be forgiven for, or you feel like you can't forgive someone else for something. And, um, you know, I just had, I just got back this, or I spoke this Saturday at like a teen girls event and we did a lot of sharing. We did a lot of different exercises on just pretty much that, like, you know, what, what's that story that you're holding that shame story, whatever it is. And, and, you know, I think what we do, especially as women is we, um, when we feel that we isolate ourselves, it's like, well, I'm not good enough to be around these people or what if they found this out about me or I don't fit in. So the more we isolate ourselves, the more that story grows too. And it grows into this monster that like feels like it has its hands around our throat and any good opportunity that comes, we can't do it because we have this monster that we're carrying. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you find that safe space and there's many, many communities, you know, and, and reach out and read books or reach out to friends or reach out to a safe place or a mentor or whatever it is, somebody who's had that, you know, that, you know, maybe has gone through that experience and research someone who's gone through that experience. Because when we start sharing those stories, that's when those stories, like they, they lose their power. It's like cutting off the oxygen supply to a fire. Right. It just starts to go, Oh, everyone's (laughs) got their thing. Wait, so everyone's done this? Okay, wait, so everyone's struggling with this? Oh, so you're kidding me. Other people like stand in the fridge and binge eat for two hours and then cry on the floor? Oh, (laughs) oh, so I'm not the only one. Okay, so what can we do about it? All right, so what can we do together about it? All right. So you get in this place of how can we lock arms and grow and come together and help each other in those moments instead of isolating and crying on the floor by yourself when you could have called a friend and said, this is what's going down. I just ate a whole chocolate cake and washed it down with a gallon of chocolate milk and I want to die. Can we go for a walk? Right. (laughs) Can we talk about it? Can I talk about why I really did this? Can I talk about something that's bothering me? can we help figure out why I'm sabotaging myself like this? Am I bored? Am I lonely? Am I sad? Am I depressed? Does something need to be worked through? What is going on? So we need people. We're tribal, we're communal. And when we isolate, we just grow that monster that's going to suffocate us even more. Right. I love that. Yeah. That's the key in relationship, right? And and such a, you know, like Mm -hmm. we're both in the health field and looking at the picture, you know, you're in self-care and self-love because you obviously know that that's a key and vital component to achieving health. And while it's important to exercise and eat healthy, these are real things that need to be dealt with. And this is really the key to lasting health is relationships and finding your passion and living with vulnerability. And I think it's so awesome to see a person like you, you know, someone so many people looked up to and, you know, the cover model to say like, yeah, I struggled. And I think that's awesome. Your mission and the voice that you're using to change a lot of lives and Yeah, I thank you for that. So continuing on with the confidence thing, do you think confidence comes before change or do you think confidence comes with change? Hmm, I don't know if I've ever asked myself that. Um, Let's see, does confidence come before change? Yes, I think so. Um, I think it's, I think sometimes it's borrowed confidence though. Um, Mm, You know, I always say that like, like, 
I'm just going to borrow her confidence. <laughs> okay, she's done this before. Right. And now yeah. when I'm on stage speaking, I'm always like, you guys, you don't feel ready and you're never going to. So just borrow whatever <laughs> I'm saying up here or whatever feeling I'm giving you right now or whatever feeling you think I have. Right. <laughs> you know, have no idea that inside I'm like, ah, retreat, <laughs> retreat. Um, <laughs> All right. Like just borrow it because it's never going to feel like it's fully there before you do something. It's like, if you, here's the deal. If you have the idea of seeing yourself, maybe outside of yourself or a little bit bigger than you are in the moment, or maybe you see yourself in this elevated state, or you see yourself as this person, as this possibility, all you need to see is the possibility and know that if you are gifted with the vision, like you had said before, if you are gifted with that vision, if you are gifted with that possibility, that means that you have more than anything that you could ever need to go to that space. And that's your confidence, literally, because you're never going to feel it. It's like, I've spoken, I can't even tell you how many times, and I still feel like I want to barf every time Mm. before I go on stage. Like even I was just talking to a bunch of teenage girls and I think I was more nervous to talk to them (laughs) because I'm like, I don't know what they're thinking. Oh my God, I don't (laughs) remember. Like, what is it like to be a teenager today? I can't imagine. So I'm trying to relate to them, you know, but it's like just borrow that confidence and, um, you know, be around people who believe in themselves and believe in you. And that's, that's all that you need. Because even if you fail miserably, that failure, um, it's just a beautiful lesson. Like I'm so grateful for my failures because that just means you're a little bit closer to, you know, learning and figuring things out. Um, and honestly, you can come back from anything. I mean, mm. if you even mm-hmm. look at the state of, you know, I always think of these poor celebrities, like who just get dragged th- through the dirt sometimes or not poor celebrities, some of them poor, some of them not, whatever right. you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but it's like, I just really think about it. it what they have to do to come back from so much of that. And then some of them come back and thrive better than ever. And it's like everything that happens to you can truly be turned into either a teachable moment or something that someone says, wow, she came back better than ever. Or wow, now she's so relatable because she's been through that. Or, oh my gosh, now I'm really going to listen to this coach because she's completely failed on stage and look at her now. Or, you know, whatever that is, it's like, it's a, it's a beautiful gift if you look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Right. A choice. Everything's a choice, Mm -hmm. which is tough too, Mm -hmm. because we have to want it. (laughs) Not that I feel like there's not a system or a routine or plan that's going to work for everyone. And that can be challenging too. But to kind of switch gears and bringing this back to the diet and the way we eat, what challenges do you still face or struggle with? Hmm. You know, I think socially, that's still a big struggle for me because I'm a really, I'm a huge um, routine person. And I'll tell you, my life is not really routine. So I've been struggling the last uh, couple of years because we've been traveling so much. Like I'm like gold status with Delta. Um, (laughs) You got some miles. It's crazy how much we travel. And um, I literally, uh, you know, socially, especially coming from the Midwest, it's like, man, we love to get together and eat and bring food and sit around the table all night long and eat. I don't know if that's your family, but it's totally Mm -hmm. my family. Um, and I think for me to, to learn that yes, food is a way to, it is a way to bond and it is a way to love. Um, because that's that's how your family feels or that's maybe how you feel and and it's not something that you want to start 
you know, being afraid of food or scared of food, but it is something that also makes me really realize to be in the moment and be present. Like joy comes from other things because for a long time, I really only based my joy on food growing up for a long time. Right. Yes, there were many other joyful things, but I will tell you, if you looked at a, a, a pie chart, it would be like majority all food that made me happy. Mm. So, you know, where are we going to eat? What are we doing? We're going to the mall. When do we stop and get a treat? When right. do we, you know, it's just everything was food. So now it's like, okay, the people, the conversation, mm. the connecting, um, the moments, the laughter, like being really present has made me realize there's so much joy flooding into your system. And that's, that's a huge part of feeling satiated, feeling full is allowing yourself to feel like, feel why you're grateful and feel yourself being filled emotionally with just connection instead of only focusing on, you know, food as, as bringing joy. So yeah, I would say I still struggle socially, um, with like, you know, especially if I'm uncomfortable or feel anxiety in a situation, what's the first thing I want to do is like eat because that's what makes you comfortable. Right. right. And it's also a big distraction. Um, so yeah, that's something I'm always, always working on is like, okay, I have to set an intention before I go somewhere. I have to set an intention before a vacation. Like, okay, right. you can have fun without drinking every night. You can, I promise. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely something I, I'm, I'm always working on. Right. And I just love to see that it's a journey. Like it's still like everyone has stuff we're working on, right? Like we're just constantly trying to be better and aiming um, for something better. So just for mm. fun, when you talk about your routine, can you give us something that you do every single day that you would recommend to other people? Mm. Um, praying and gratitude and moving your body. Mm -hmm. I think that the combination of those and sometimes those together is so powerful. Um, if I am having a really bad day or something happened that deeply, deeply affected me or someone said something, um, you know, I'll go for a good hour walk, maybe two hours. If I, if I need, you know, a three hour walk, if I can ever get that in, if something's really bothering me, it's like, I will just walk until it's like out of my system. But if I can't do that, it's like, I'll go for a shorter walk and then I'll try to maybe pray at home or whatever that is. But moving your body moves those helps you kind of process those feelings as well. I highly recommend feeling those feelings, but definitely walking or moving your body and um, prayer and gratitude. Just those are the things that every single day like cannot go without. I love it. I love it. So true. So before this is the last question, and then I'm going to have you tell them where they can learn more about you before I let you go, just so we all have something to work on and to strive for, What's one thing mentally, emotionally, physically that you think that we could take and do this week to have a better tomorrow? Mm. I would say write down what you're curious about. I love um I love the ah, fact that we neat. can say what makes me happy right. and write down the things that make you happy and ask yourself when can I do them this week? Pick one and say, when can I do this this week? Because I think we forget that we have to make ourselves happy and we forget what makes us happy. So you can literally choose to start doing the things that make you happy right now. I love it. So Lori, tell us where we can find more about you. 
Well, I'd love for you guys to follow my podcast at earnyourhappy.com because I love podcasting. I loved being on your podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, And also lauriharder.com is my website. So I'd love to see you all there. And any social media is Lori Harder as well. Perfect. And I will be sure and link that up in the show notes. You have honestly been a wealth of knowledge and I'm so glad that you've been here. I've learned so much from you as well. And I just love your overall motto and just that you radiate happiness. And this is the first time we've really chatted, but I mean, and across the board, like you can just tell that you have this immense passion to help other people. And I thank you for that. And I thank you for being on the show. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody um, for listening. And I'm just super grateful. The vulnerability that Lori brings to the table is incredible. I know I love feeling inspired and I hope you did as well. But to end the show, I want to remind you that you are not alone. As Lori spoke, she had shamed her body for many, many years before owning all that she was through the flaws and imperfections. The reality is there is no perfect human being. Everyone has flaws, and most likely you will never become a flawless person. The first step in changing your health and changing your looks has nothing to do with food or exercise, but everything to do with our mind. And I love the emphasis that Lori puts on happiness and joy, that these are choices we can make. We can choose happiness and we can choose joy. Even in the storms, we can still find joy or at least use them for teachable moments. So stay encouraged through that. So to leave you with a few challenges this week, I want to reintroduce the questions Lori proposed. The first question Lori asked was in dealing with your passions, because remember, your passions create the lasting ambition and energy. If you're struggling to figure out exactly what your passions are, journal this. And ask yourself, if your soul were to feel passion about something, anything, what would that be? Write it out, make it known, put it down, and keep coming back to that. The second thing deals with shame. So let's bring up the hard stuff. When and where do you shame your body? When you shame yourself? What lies flood your mind daily? Again, write them out. Speak them. As Lori said, lies lose their power the more you speak and write them out. So make it a point to put them to rest by acknowledging them and diminishing them. And I know this to be true in my own life. The first person that told me that was to speak your lies because they lose their power. I was like, yeah, whatever. Can't be true. But honestly, as I wrote down the lies that I told myself every day that I'm not enough, that I'm not strong enough, that I'm not wise enough, that I can't deal with stuff that I'm going through. And as I would say those lies and speak them and speak them to other people and write them down, they really did lose their power. And I was able to see with my own eyes that, wow, like I can do this. I am strong enough and I am worthy of this. And so writing them out really does something, even if it seems like a silly little step, it's a big one and it adds up over time. So I encourage you to write out what shames you, speak them and continue to bring them up because the more you bring them up, the less power they have on you. And finally, the third thing, which I myself found very inspiring, is to write out a list. Maybe start with five or ten or whatever you can think of. A list of things that make you happy. Pick one thing off that list this week and schedule it. Make it a non-negotiable thing and enjoy every minute. The reality is, is that the happier we are and the more joy we find in life, the more energy we have to do the work we've been called. So choose joy, find joy, and by all means make time for it. Your time will always be spent doing something. Your calendar always fills up. 
So you might as well choose to make this a priority this week, right? Like just choose one thing, whether it's a half an hour or an hour, just once this week and enjoy it, whatever makes you happy. So there's so much wisdom, but remember, small changes create big results. Keep asking yourself, questioning yourself, and getting to the root of the matter. Deal with the emotions, the pain, and through this, you are able to create lasting change. Remember to get all today's show notes, links to the resources mentioned in the podcast, as well as links where you can find more about Lori and follow her on social media is up at simplerootswellness.com slash 016. I so, so thank you for tuning in to yet another show. I hope you found them to be incredibly helpful and encouraging in your own health walk. Through this, I too am constantly learning and finding new ways to better myself. I can tell you it's been a real journey and one heck of a ride that I'm so grateful for. So thanks again for always tuning in. And as I mentioned in the last few shows, there are some changes happening over at Simple Roots Wellness. As I really dig in and find my own self, I've realized that the path that I was taking is not the path of who I am, but what I thought I needed to be. So I'm really trying to change that path, twist that path into being me, who I am, and where I think I can be the most help. And I know I've been teasing this for a while and honestly feel like I'm still trying to figure out the right words to express what is to come. But don't worry, it's only bigger and better things. But man, it really has been a whirlwind of a journey that brought me to my lowest and most painful times that I can ever remember. Fortunately, there's a rainbow through the storm and I'm excited to share the entire journey with you. I just have to figure out how to put the jumbled mass of words into a condensed version that actually makes sense of what has been a year-long battle to personally find my passion, my drive, and ultimately listen to my calling. If you want to be a part of that journey, make sure you head over to Simple Roots Wellness and sign up to receive my weekly emails with updates. I can promise you the story is coming very, very soon. Again, I'm forever grateful for you. So thanks again for tuning in to yet another show. And as always, if you liked what you heard or have any constructive feedback to leave, I'd love for you to leave a rating and review over at iTunes. This is the heartbeat of the show and means the world to me. To leave a review, just log on to simplerootswellness.com slash review. Thanks again, and here's to another week of pouring out yourself and taking a leap and believing something bigger for your life. You are worth every ounce that you invest in yourself, so never forget that. And don't forget to tune in next week with a special guest talking about a very controversial topic. Until then, here's to lots of sunshine and self-love.